CCFM 107.5. Can you recall the last few weeks we've been talking about politics and especially our vote and the power of our vote. And uh, today I'm going to bring in an expert. I'm going to bring in a lady that's well versed in the the arts of politics, of course, well respected. Um, Professor Susan Boyce and I'll introduce her uh, in the next second or so. But uh, we're just going to just hear um, her thoughts on our democracy, celebrating uh, 27 years of democracy as well. And um, the, the power of your vote coming this coming municipal elections on the 1st of November, of course. Let me quickly just say hello to this fantastic lady, Prof. Susan Boyson. Welcome to LTC. Good afternoon, and so good to speak to you and your listeners. It's good to, to, to have you on board, and of course, you are renowned for, of course, your views on politics in South Africa, and well-versed and qualified uh, for that, and just uh, for to put people in the know, our listeners, of course, um, that you are a political scientist, author, and analyst of South African politics, a recognized media commentator, uh, and uh, you specialize, of course, uh, in public policy, governance, and elections, and so I have the perfect person uh, to talk to. So uh, the last few weeks, uh, I've been engaging with the listeners in regards to uh, the power of our vote, and uh, as well as um, getting to know who we're voting for, and uh, just in general the accountability um, both ways in terms of politicians and those, uh, of course, voting. But I want to hear your thoughts, man. I want to celebrate uh, this uh, our democracy 27 years on and. Uh, Prof, the one thing that struck me just uh, in preparation to, to talk to you is that um, we've never never really challenged uh, the validity or strength of our democracy in terms of results. If you think about that and uh, having our first one in 1994, uh, the general elections then, and uh, it went fairly smoothly. People called us the miracle nation in terms of transitioning from the one era into the next. But I want to hear your thoughts just in brief in terms of... Of 27 years of democracy, how have you um, experienced that? Yes, no, this is, I mean, a fascinating phase in South Africa's history and in our existence as just not a democracy and then a democracy. Of course, I'm old enough to have experienced the previous mm. apartheid oppressive system as well. And even being white, I grew up with a political consciousness and I was part of internal struggle, UDS type of formation in the 1980s, early 90s. And so it kind of, this democracy came to me with so much promise of being a total opposite and in many ways problems at all. It is the total opposite of that oppressive, those oppressive times where, yes, whites could vote, but they, many of us did not want to vote and refused to vote in those days mm. because we rejected the system. And so we really have the sense that we worked so hard for this democracy. And even in the, it's darkest days and believe me as you will know as well we have seen many dark days in this democracy of ours especially now also as we see in the 12th set of elections 1 November will be 12th election we have mm. in South Africa mm. national, provincial, local all, all of them inclusive yeah. and we see so many of these deficits and that really is heartbreaking in many ways 
that we have this very precious value democracy, but still we cannot get the delivery side, mm. implement, <coughs> excuse me, implementation of good policies and delivery side of it quite right. But yet, I don't think it's time to give up hope for this democracy. People should be remain become if they're not yet active citizens yeah. and try to win back. It's their democracy, the people's democracy, yeah. and win it back for them. It's not too much for them to benefit the politicians. But I also want to know from your prof, um, in terms of um, you being a political commentator, well-versed in the politics of the nation as well, where did your love for politics, where did that start from? Where did it begin? <laughs> I think politics, political analysis found me. Okay, I, okay. Well, I, I wanted to be all kinds of, imagine the professionals I wanted to be that at one stage of my very young <laughs> life. <laughs> and and then when I drifted into university and I started taking other subjects and it was just so boring, and that's what I thought. And then I ended up in the politics, political studies class. And it just worked for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I and I haven't given up on that interest, although my choice is very specific to be on the research and analysis, analysis the scholarship side, rather than in the first place being yeah, yeah. a politician. And the effect of my work is that I am a certain type of political activist. But politicians itself, I think I'm better analyzing and yeah. critiquing and doing it. <laughs> and, and of course, and of course, we need people such as yourself to be able to teach uh, those who want to know um, and, and give them a great overview of of, of what politics are all about. And uh, you've uh, been through all of this, and so now you can pay it forward and give of your exp- expertise to others as well. But I want to ask you something. And uh, you, you mentioned that uh, um, in November we would put be would be participating in our 12th elections. Um, that is all inclusive mm-hmm. of whatever uh, guys it was in. But here, here's the thing. Do you think that um, as a nation, have we grown in even our maturity uh, as voters or understanding the political landscape um, over these 27 years? Or is there probably much to learn from all of us uh, in terms of understanding what we're getting ourselves into? Oh, you know, it goes both ways. In many ways, I think citizens really understand politics and they see the effects of non-performance, non-delivery of corruption all around them. Mm. But they do not, and of course, maybe people just do not have the time. When so many people struggle just to have a livelihood and mm. survive, not just general socioeconomic times and economic hardship, but also COVID-induced extra, extra types of hardship, then we know that people do not, to a large extent, involve themselves in politics because they have so many mm. survival issues to fight. And 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 then they also look at the party political landscape and those boundaries and divisions of the past just do not want to go away. And people see that all around them, socioeconomically in terms of class differentiation. And yes, and they look at political parties and look at parties and try to see which one 
do I think probably will be most inclined to listen to me. Mm. It is not quite right. What we call rational choice. But you, way you, you mentioned that. You mentioned something pertinent there, and uh, we 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 incline ourselves towards those we think would probably listen to us. And then lies that up, Prof, in terms of are these politicians really listening to us? And the more things change, the more they stay the same. If I look at it, maybe it's a bit pessimistic in, in, in a big way. But we often come and we look at the cycle of we put, put in power and then we moan the next five years again. Uh, we moan <laughs> about it and we talk about this, that and the other. And then it comes back to the, the election campaign and the spins and everything it happens and then we kind of apply our minds to it if I think maybe I'm being a bit generous sometimes we don't apply our minds and it's again we go back to the same thing of hoping that they would listen to mm-hmm. us and often it's not the case you mentioned it earlier about um, yes. all of these great ideals but the delivery has been lacking in terms of those ideals Yes, indeed, indeed. And that's one way in respect in which I really think South African citizens and voters should become more mature and realize that not voting for a main party who has been the embodiment of this hope for so long, not voting for them for an election or two um, will do damage because it might do good. Mm. It might make those political parties, the bigger parties, wake up and realize they cannot take the voters for granted, that they actually have to serve the voters and that the voters will not... And just consume, believe, feeble excuses and lack of credibility when it comes to ethics and morality and uh, of the politicians that are to be elected. So that's one big respect in which I think citizens and voters in South Africa should be so much more activist and in in whatever form it comes yeah. and demand that kind of accountability yeah. because without that politicians are just becoming to become more authoritarian, more manipulative, more sitting on their laurels and taking for granted that they can do whatever they like and voters will still support them. Yeah. For an active working democracy the voters have to give the politicians a wake-up call. But we also, you know, there's lots to discuss in terms of the political landscape. We can do that for hours on end, days on end, for a long, long time. But the one thing that we need to realize, I think all of us, is that we do hold power and sway um, in our hands in terms of going to vote. But I think there we must celebrate the fact that we as a democracy in South Africa, no matter uh, what happens, uh, what we see in the news and what the people, uh, uh, our leaders, what they catch on, we we still have the freedom of going to the polls, uh, especially this time around on the on the first of November. It's much to celebrate. I mean, I know we can talk a, a lot about the bad and and all the of the things that's not so good, but the great news is if you look in a lot of places elsewhere in the world, it's not always possible to go and make your voice heard or cast your vote. And we we can still do that 27 years later. That is such a major thing. And we should really cherish that right, not just because it was so hardly hard, it's such a hard way in the past, 
But because we can make that, we have got that opportunity to use that vote to make it work for us. Mm. And that's where I really continue pleading for participation and high levels of participation and engagement because we are going to get a government after the election. Whether it lacks credibility, whether it really fails local government in particular, and the others not completely exempt, but local government in particular in so many ways, there is going to be a government and if it is the people's choice of government, then it, it helps quite a bit and it will can also help strengthen those yeah. governments in a ways that I would like to see to working harder and working with accountability and responsiveness to citizens and their needs. Yeah. Not to sit on laurels of haven't we got a wonderful policy and it is my work as many senior civil politicians often argue to get us good policy. I've done my work yeah, 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 yeah. and doesn't just do not see through on the ground and this, this ground level that local elections are so important and people have to make it their own. They can only make it their own. Yes. We have the program, we've got representative democracy. They can make it their own if they work with their representatives and force really their representatives to work for them. Yeah, and Prof. Janssen, I, I want to throw something into into the equation that maybe we haven't spoken about, and and we do, we do speak about the importance of going to vote, and we must go and vote on the first of November. I, I believe that. The, on the other hand, it's it's such a difficult choice for some to make because I made a statement the other day. Uh, okay, let me go take you back to a few weeks back when I started uh, this conversation, right? And it was all about saying to um, people that I value my vote by voting my values. So that is the one thing that you must re- mm-hmm. remember in terms of what I'm saying, right? However, when I go look at the manifestos and I go look at uh, some of the political parties and I realize, hmm, they are not aligned uh, to some of my values. Uh, there's certain things that I simply just don't like about this party. It clashes with my ideology, so I kind of then make my choice based on that. But for a lot of people, they may not want to vote because they've either had bad experiences with a political party or they may have the opinion of saying, I don't know who to vote for or I just don't fancy any of the parties that's on that list. However, I want to talk about the power of the vote. If you abstain, and a lot of people say, I'm not going to vote. For me, I'm saying if you don't vote, you don't really have a say because you can't steer the conversation in a way that you said, I voted and my vote counted somewhere, even if it didn't count in your favor. But it changed the conversation and the landscape in terms of who gets seats, wherever they get seats. So why is it so important to vote and not to abstain? I totally see your argument. And it is the first place. Absolutely, it is important to vote because in a way you buy, quote-unquote, buy your right to criticize and your right to tell somebody, but you're not representing me. But that is that is the first and optimal way to do it because you can get, by voting, you can also 
get your choice of people in or help to get your choice of person in. If you work with other people in community, even if you get one councillor or one representative in directly involved or through the proportional representation component, mm. how does that go about? Even one councillor in council can mm. help a massive amount, as yeah. we have seen in coalition's government. Where one because they can become kingmakers as well. Often, exactly, is that king or queenmaker? Yeah, queenmaker, yeah, you can say that, yeah. They have the balance of power yeah. in their hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and in several cases, we've seen the small parties do a massive amount of effective bargaining or delivery in their constituency. You know, but yet then on the other side, I, I can also respect it if yes. people say yes. voting is not for them, they just isn't a party that represents them. And of course, I we know, I also firmly believe that that, uh, that doesn't mean they uh, give up their right to criticize and right to demand more from public representatives and from local governments, etc., because they remain citizens of the country. And it is not a direct quid pro quo. One doesn't buy a certain service by giving a virtue a particular body. So citizens do have the other right to protest, all have the right to protest. And in many cases, protest can direct action, can immediate action, can also be very effective in getting delivery. But it is also hard work to do that and do that in a way, but citizens will always be free to express their opposition or their wishes in other ways beyond the vote as well. But vote is one very structured, organized way in which we guarantee a say over who will be governing us. I certainly enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I wish we, we had a lot more time. And uh, I, the one takeout for me in this conversation is that um, our democracy is still in very uh, rude health. Let's put it that way. I want to put it very plain. It's in a rude health. If 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 we if we um, didn't have this opportunity uh, to be able to go make our mark literally, uh, I, I think it would have been um, very disappointing in regards to where we are as a country. And many years later, almost going into three decades later we are getting a bit stronger even in uh, uh, in the way we want to say things, in the way we want to do things and I do think that people are, are understanding their rights a lot better than when we started off so um, we are young democracy we must never forget that and uh, there's many many um, chapters to be written in this story and some of us we're never going to read that story others are going to follow us and uh, we must just make sure that we leave a strong foundation and basis for them to be able to take this country forward. Indeed, you summarise it so well. Our democracy is really what we as voters and citizens make of it. And we also have that responsibility to make it work for us. Prof, I wish I had more time with you. We're going to have more conversations in the future. I'm pretty sure of that. But thank you so much for uh, taking time out to, to be on the show today. I really highly appreciate it. Thank you, Mark, to you and your colleagues. I appreciate it as well. Thank you. Awesome. You go well till next time. Cheers. CCFM 107.5.